it's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we've got to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do or die effort. It's going to be a determined bit. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. And the western suburbs erupt. If I see one bloke walk out of here, give the pat the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up! They'll hang on the dogs! They are gonna hang on! Mark this date down, Western Bulldogs fan! I've been wanting to say this for as long as I can remember. The Bulldogs goes through to a grand final! Can you believe it? Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the House of Sin and Studios Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. This week for our bonus episode, we interviewed uh, Amy Jenkins, who was a co-founder of the Bulldog Pride Group. Uh, It's all a part of the Pride Round that's happening this Saturday. Pride Match, soon to be... Pride round, hopefully. We're pre we're pre recording this like intro after we interviewed her, so yeah, you, you can, can hear find it. out all about it. Yeah, exactly. You can hear a bit about how we're going to make it happen by manifesting it. Um, it's an <laughs> awesome interview. Uh, yeah, here it is, right here. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Kennelkoff podcast, Amy. Let's start by talking about um, where you started out as a bulldog supporter, and have, were you yeah. always a Western bulldog supporter? I have always been, yeah. So I actually grew up in Westwood Scray, just off Geelong Road, like 700 metres um, walk away from the Whit Noble. Mm-hmm. So I um, I grew up, I remember going to some of the last AFL games at the Whitton before we, um, you know, went off to Colonial Stadium or whatever it was called in the olden days. <laughs> um, but so that was like kind of in the mid, mid-90s. And, um, and I went to Kingsville Primary School in that, like, in the local area. So um, the, the dogs would come and, like, kind of do kick-to-kick with you and and, um, and that kind of stuff. So they kind of indoctrinated you from a very young age uh, to be a Bulldog supporter. And, um, and, like, more than, yeah, like, I'm just, I think I'm just a very tribal person in general. So I just, I've always been a dog supporter, even when I haven't been going to many games. I've just I've been very defensive of them, which, as you know, also as lifelong Bulldog supporters, you do have to do a fair bit. 100%. And did you have any favourite Western Bulldogs players that would come and play kick-to-kick with you from an early age? Um, I, think I, I think I wore Rowan Scott's number when I was a kid. Awesome. Um, Do you remember what number he had? I think he had number five. Oh, awesome. that's pretty good. Um, five or seven, yeah. Pretty good um, but Chris Grant was definitely my favourite player. Um, yeah. But I was heartbroken when my, my grade three, four teacher, Miss Evans, who apparently went to primary school with him, like... A very disorientating experience as a child to know mm-hmm. that your own primary school teacher went to primary school um, <laughs> and apparently she went to primary school with him in uh, in Dalesford and he was a Carlton supporter uh-huh. when he was a kid and I was just like nah, nah not alright <laughs> no that is so weird I think then oh and that's right and then I think I switched to Scott West because his last name was West yeah oh uh, yeah makes Fair sense enough. yeah that's a good yeah, one yeah. but you know late 90s difficult time for Bulldogs yeah, I was going to say, you really got to... At least you were going to school, like... I suppose, were most people at your primary school Bulldog supporters as well? Yeah, I think I think we all were. Unless unless you were, like, um, like a, just into soccer. Cause 
because oh, yeah, it's like true. a super multicultural area. So. Oh, yeah. No, that's cool. So speaking of like the Bulldog Pride group, kind of, can you give us like a summary of what you've been up to in the last, I don't know, maybe like 12 months? Yeah, well, last 12 months have been huge for us. We only started up um, in early 2017. Yep. Um, there's been a, a real kind of boom of AFL Pride groups. Um, the Pink Magpie started in 2003 and then um, the Purple Bombers started a bit after that. Um, and they've been going for quite a while. And I think we just got to a point where everyone was going, why doesn't my club have this? And then everyone kind of went, well, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we started up in early 2017 with kind of like a smattering of people trying to find other um, LGBTIQ or, or like um, pro-equality bulldog supporters. Um, and it was one of those things where like... Um, friends knew a friend and found that I liked the Western Bulldogs page and was like, hey, I know you're queer. Are you into the Bulldogs? I was like, <laughs> yeah, take my money. <laughs> yeah, like the Venn diagram really just kind of like crossed over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. Oh, that's um, awesome. Um, yeah, so and we met up in a pub and, and kind of um, and went from there. But a few of us are actually union organisers by trade. So, okay. Um, you're so used to that of, sort of thing. Bringing people together around common cause uh, for social change is, uh, is our bread and butter, really, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you were saying, like you meeting up at a pub, was it like hard to find venues to get into or have you had kind of like a um, home base from the start? Well, it's been interesting because we've been trying to find ways kind of in the, in the early days of trying to you know, set the culture of your group. We were trying to make sure that it is accessible to like um, younger queer supporters who are just coming out, you know, maybe in their teens, maybe not legal to drink. Um, yep. to find mm. that community. Um, so we have been trying to do, like, picnics before the AFLW games and, and also for Rainbow Families and stuff as well because um, that can, you know, potentially be an isolating experience. I think I think just having kids is, like, a hard thing anyway. Um, yeah. But um, being uh, being queer amongst that can, you know, um, can lead to further isolation. So, um, yeah, the idea is basically that you kind of um, get everyone together in that Venn diagram of, um, of LGBTIQ and Bulldog supporters and you create a space where it's okay to go to the footy. Um, plenty of people don't, you know, haven't had problems and that's good. Like, we're not wanting people to have problems, but it's kind of just an extra excuse to go to the footy. Um, and also for people who maybe wanted to go to the footy but didn't really have anyone to go with or whatever, just to be that kind of crew that you can go with and just be like, an, being like a welcoming group. Um, but there's also the side of it where you, we do talk to the clubs regularly. Um, Lisa Murray is a, the um, supporter groups coordinator. She's great. She coordinates um, all liaisons with like the Barwon Bulldogs and the East West Bulldogs and um, and all the interstate supporter groups and stuff. And she's been really supportive of us, um, and just kind of helped us um, kind of set ourselves up, put us uh, as liaisons with the. Board. The board's been really supportive because, you know, we are a community club and they're all about just making sure that everyone feels welcome. So, um, you know, credit to the boys. Uh, <laughs> they've, they've, uh, and the girls in this case, especially. <laughs> uh, you know, they've, they've really welcomed us with open arms, which is, which is awesome. Great. Um, Amy, obviously you just said that, that um, there hasn't been, or you, you're obviously not looking for trouble or you don't want people to have trouble at the footy, yep. but have you noticed a a shift um, recently. Obviously, society in general is becoming a lot more accepting of the LGBTIQA community. Um, have you noticed a shift, um, I don't know, more with the events as such as um, the Yes Vote last year and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, definitely a shift, but I think with any shift comes backlash, and that's what we're always really um, yeah. 
like attuned to uh, to kind of you have to take care of your community. Um, so yes, like the yes result was great. The process, you know, I was to be honest for me, winning the yes vote felt like winning the Hunger Games. Yeah. Like yeah, we won, but at what cost and why did you make us go through this? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, that was really challenging time for a lot of us. Um, a lot of us had a really tough time, um, but the club coming out in support of it just unabashedly was just so important. It was amazing. Um, and the club has really been on the front foot with this kind of stuff and they've got uh, Ro Allen, the, the Gender and Sexuality Commissioner, um, to come in and do professional development and sensitivity training with their whole board and stuff. Um, and they've got one of our members to come in uh, and do specific um, transgender inclusion training and stuff. So they're really actually trying to change and not just, like, get all our pink dollars, which I think um, is it's just something that really they deserve credit for because, you know, apparently banks are, you know, banks love the gays now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, like, and you've got a bit, and I'm, I'm a bit dubious of some of that stuff. Yeah. If, yeah. if it's not being followed through with, like, genuine commitment to change, you know, to make it genuinely more inclusive. So, because, um, like, we've got banks in, you know, banks, parading in Mardi Gras and stuff, but they're still, like, making it really hard for people to change their names on their accounts. Yeah, stuff without, like that. You know. Um, yeah, also, like, with... Um, complicated stuff, but it's, like, you know, walk the walk, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome to hear, because, like, I know, like, Sydney had their float in the Mardi Gras, but they still get um, their sponsorship money from Qatar Airways, and it's still illegal to yeah. be homosexual in Qatar, so I'm glad to yeah. hear that the Bulldogs are kind <laughs> of, like, behind... Yeah, the closed doors, that I guess they're actually trying to make, like, a genuine cultural difference, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. Um, I know that some of the Rainbow Swans were a bit concerned about the Qatar Airways stuff as well, and that's obviously super complex, but that's, um, but I think, and it's interesting, actually, because it's Pride, Pride game this, this round, yeah. not Pride round, which is something that we would really love to see change, and I think as more and more LGBTI, like, AFL Pride groups, um, are established. Hopefully, we can kind of continue to push for that. Because um, it really should be Pride Round. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's funny actually um, because we were so excited that the Bulldog women's team got to have the first women's Pride Round. Yeah. Um, and that was. Did you guys get to go to the game at all? No, I couldn't. I couldn't get there from work. I was really upset. <laughs> yeah, I was in the exact same boat. Um, that's like, oh look, I'm a unionist. Having jobs is fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a saw on like the Bulldogs Pride Twitter or something or Facebook something like that yeah like how um yeah it was very like fancy and St Kilda like south side because it, it was next to a pool. Literally, I was so south side I was like I don't even know who I am 
Oh, that's so it was really, yeah, it was really cool, and it was and it's really awesome to see them having. Um, obviously, Jason Ball was a great um, yeah. ambassador in the past, but seeing mm. them take the step of having um, Georgie, the the young Victorian of the year, who's a trans, uh, like a young trans woman, be the face of that is is a, I think a really good step of having that um, having her be the the spokesperson for that round. Um, but again, trans women can't play in the in the AFLW, so. Um, maybe we need to do a bit more walk the walk with that talk. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, you touched on the the game this weekend between <laughs> Sydney and St Kilda, um, and you've also got a, a bit of an event on Friday night, the Pride Collective yeah. Party. What's all that about? Um, so the Pride of Alpha's Great Bar um, is is a community owned bar, um, which means that it's got like a hundred over a hundred um, stakeholders. Yeah. No <laughs> shareholders. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they run a whole lot of different community events and um, and, and the, the owner is, is involved in Bulldog Pride as well so he's contacted all the different AFL Pride groups just to kind of have a big kickoff party for um, essentially trying to make a Pride round and um, and watch the footy uh, it's, it's kind of a huge sports bar but they also have drag and spoken word poetry and they're just really open to having okay. artists in and doing whatever so it's a really cool place yeah football um, and drag is like my two <laughs> favourite things yeah <laughs> and it's free <laughs> Oh my god! So, because I'm all my favourite words, yeah. Um, so there'll be uh, the AFL Pride Collective party to celebrate Pride round. I think we're just going to call it round until it is, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Manifest it into <laughs> existence. <laughs> like, I mean, you know what? Like, I'm just going to make the mountain come to me. And uh, so that'll be at 6pm on Friday um, at the Pride of Alfred's Grey Bar, which is uh, short, P-O-O-S. Um, you know what that's spelled? <laughs> Uh, amazing Um, and just like I'd like to ask you mentioned to us off air that you used to be on sin on the radio yeah what did what was your role uh, through sin and did you you know were you you said that you were doing a bit of training yeah yeah I am back in 2006 to 2009 which is I just realised it was a decade ago and that's very humbling (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah I used to I used to host um, new and approved, and oh, yeah. the hoist, and I used to train people um, on how to do radio and and uh, and the awkward stage and that morning show and stuff. Um, I literally stopped going church to go to the house of sin to do oh, the nice. awkward stage, so that was a real um, overt choice there. You <laughs> can <laughs> uh, sin over God, um, but you nice. know, never looked back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you found something to replace it. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, we were just speaking before about, like, you touched on, like, um, the Purple Bombers and Pink Magpies. I didn't realise they'd been around for so long and, like, the Rainbow Swans and yeah. stuff like that. Do you have, I like... Think, m- well, I think, I think Purple Bombers a bit less, though, but the, the, the Pink Magpies, yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's, yeah, that's super interesting. And um, do you have, like, much to do with them? And, like, when you were starting up Bulldog Pride, did you consult with them at all? Yeah, or was absolutely. it just kind of like a, oh, yeah, we'll join in with this sort of thing and see how it goes? Um, yeah, yeah. So we definitely one of our founders, Michelle, was involved in the Purple Bombers before that, okay. um, and uh, and I and I knew some other people from the Purple Bombers as well. So um, we definitely asked, like, so how did you do this? You know. Um, yeah. But each of the different pride groups is we're all community run. We're all run by volunteers, um, like any coterie group. Some of us are coterie, some of us aren't actually. Um, but we 
Um, they're all really different vibes because they're run by the supporters of that club and generally kind of reflect a bit of the culture of that club as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so some of them are kind of focused more on going to games, some are more focused on catching up before the game. Um, and we all kind of try to have a meeting to all get together maybe once every couple of months. Um, but I think you know, different people started their groups with different kind of intentions. Um, as to how much they wanted to be a lobbying group versus a social group and all that kind of stuff. And they all have different relationships with their clubs as well, Um, which, you know, um, and some clubs uh, did not come out in support of marriage equality. Yes. (laughs) At all. And um, and they're all, you know, but we all definitely kind of talked to each other about what our experiences were, the Mm. arguments that we were putting forward um, as to why and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, Which, yeah, again, credit to the dogs. They... um, they actually just deleted negative comments um, oh, nice. on the marriage equality stuff. Like, they were just like, no. You know, like, we've got no time for you. Um, yeah. Which, um, you know, it's like, if you work in comms, like, having what you what you comment, comment, like, what you comment response policy is, is, is like, a very big deal. Mm. Um, okay. So that was, like, kind of unabashedly supportive of, of the queer community. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask, do, do pretty much all of the AFL teams have pride groups nowadays? Almost, almost. I think, who's missing out? West Coast, mm-hmm. Brisbane, I'm not sure about Frio. There are about five that don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, the overwhelming majority then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but different, yeah. Yeah, no, overall, it's been a huge boom over the past, like, 18 months, I think. Yeah, With I feel like it's like... happening and then gone, nah, whoop, whoop, that's ridiculous, I want one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to say, because I only really notice it kind of coming into sort of like the intervogue, I guess, like about 18 months ago. Um, and you were saying as well that you were thinking about, like, you want, um, like, the AFL to dedicate a whole round. Do you think, like, Sorry, I suppose... Sorry, give me one second. got to speak to my cab driver. It's a Qantas, domestic, please. Sorry. No, Quite no, Qantas, <laughs> No, more than okay. Um, with the Pride round, like, I suppose two questions. Like, do you think, how quickly do you think it would happen for a whole round? And then, I suppose, what would you say to people who would, like, not see the value in having a whole round for Pride? Um, yeah, okay. So, there, that's these two really good questions, which I think is different. Um, uh, one of which is, um, I think... I'm not sure. I don't super understand like the intricacies of the of the culture of the corporate AFL. I think yeah. that they, um, you know, I don't. I think every AFL hand, fan has some questions from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think um, I think there's probably a few clubs that are really holding out on that idea. But I think there are a couple of clubs that are really pushing for it as well. So I don't know if it's going to be um, a year or or a few years. Um, like, but I really do see it as a as a potentiality. Um, I think that we have a bunch of different themed rounds uh, and they all serve a purpose. I think people who say that um, they don't want politics in sport um, just don't want the politics that isn't theirs in sport. I think sport is um, a whole lot of people coming together and that, you know, politics is people. So you put that many people in a stadium, there's some politics involved, let alone the fact that, like... um, all this stuff is government subsidised anyway, like the building of stadiums and 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 the infrastructure around sport and funding for Auskick and and you know like like the whole grassroots um, 
pipeline of sport and, and being in schools, that's, that's all government-related as well, yeah? So, um, so and getting women in sport and all this stuff. So that, that's already political. Yeah. Um, we just kind of choose to ignore it, which is an interesting argument that comes up around, like, you know, some of the US race politics at the moment um, and Black Lives Matter movement coming into sport and, and Trump's reaction to that as well. Mm. Um, but we, yeah, so I think, I think that the reality is that um, a bunch of people in the LGBTIQ community um, didn't keep playing sport when they were kids because mm-hmm. they were bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, either because they were girls and they were told they couldn't play. We're thankfully seeing huge steps forward in that now, but like there's still a whole generation of people who couldn't play, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a whole lot of people who, who felt too uncomfortable because they knew they were gay and they couldn't come out or they were bullied for being gay. Um, let alone being trans, which is, a, which is a whole other super important part of it. And, and I know many trans people who are really iffy about going to the footy even though they love it because they're just... It only takes one person to glass you, right? Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, like, plastic cups help. <laughs> you know? But, but like, that, that's a real reality. Like, safety in yeah. public is, is a, like, a, a huge thing for um, especially trans women. Um, so actively saying this space is inclusive and you are welcome here is so important. It's also so important to, that, these, that, that people in the queer community um, feel welcome in sport and to play sport because we have poorer health outcomes, mm. yeah, for a bunch of different reasons, um, which you probably don't have time to go into our pod- in your podcast at the moment, but, like, we have a high, high rates of smoking. We have, like, some of the hormonal treatments that, that people under the trans umbrella have to take. We don't know the full long, long-term side effects, but it can, it can you know, have its own... But it's own rigmarole. We have we have high incidences of depression. So sport is really really good. We just we need to do it. We just need for there to not be as many barriers to us doing it as well. And enjoying sport and enjoying the game and being part of a community that's also really important for mental health. Um, so so pride round saying like this sport welcomes you, it's unabashedly for you, and you are welcome here is super important. Um, I think the AFL can be a bit iffy about its messaging on some of their some of their rounds. Yeah, like they had ads of Wayne Carey on the on the like respectful women round. That mm. was ironic. Mm. Um, you know, like the, the um, so you know the, the sort of limitations to it. I think that like Doug Nichols round last week was amazing. Yeah, like it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and I've heard some Aboriginal people that I know, which is it's not a real way to say things. Like for, you know the black fellow that I know, mm-hmm. um, but you know like it's saying like it's it's that ceremony at the start that gives you chills, yeah? Because yeah. it is just so genuine and real and important. And that's because there's, like, it, it means something and it's been really good community consultation there. And that's what, like, you know, when you kind of get the, the welcome to country into the start of the thing and it's an afterthought, that's not how it's meant to work. Like, mm. that's what it's real. That's what, like, kind of, you know, um, genuine engagement and, and development, uh, like, hand-in-hand hand is meant to look like. Um but I don't. I think that we will still have trouble with pride round until we have men coming out. Um, yeah, I suppose it makes it more like tangible and sort yeah. of real for people because it's like, oh yeah, there must be. But like, it's this kind of like weird, <clears throat> I guess, like mystery surrounding it, which only kind of, I guess, like mystifies it further for people, and they still kind of can't grasp it. Like, statistically, you've got that many men. Nah, there's got to be some. Like, I don't believe it. <laughs> you know? Um, I just don't believe it. Um, but, yeah, no, like, so there's clearly 
some cultural stuff, maybe some business interests, I don't know. Clearly something is stopping some of them coming out. Yeah. Um, and so I think anything that can make that a safer place, and at least, and also say, like, you know, the, the kind of saddest side of that is like, hey, there's money to be made in being LGBTI inclusive. Mm. We won't lose all our sponsorship if you come out. That's important too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Amy, the last question I have was just for anyone that's listened to the podcast and they want to get involved with the Bulldog Pride group. Um, what's the best way to get in touch and what's the best way oh, to yeah, get awesome. involved? Um, so we're on Facebook, Bulldog Pride AU, um, or bulldogpride.net is our website that we just launched, which is very exciting. Oh, awesome. um, but yeah, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, all Bulldog Pride AU. Um, and we would love to hear from you. Oh, terrific. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a no lovely worries. time over um, in Thank Sydney. you so much. Your podcast is awesome. Uh, <laughs> also, no, no, it's, it's really awesome to hear um, also the gender balance split, but also, like, you both have, like, um, very hot takes that are there that, that need to be taken. So, oh, thank uh, you. Oh, my goodness. Keep up your great work. And um, I would love to see you guys uh, next time we get drinks. We often get drinks before home games um, at, the go- at the Garden Gate Bar near Gate 5. Oh, perfect. Too easy. Lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Amy. Have a lovely no day. No worries, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.